Welcome to the Smut and Spice podcast, where we're living vicariously through the female main characters in reverse harems, dark romances, paranormal romances, and bully romances. We're your hosts, Sam and Sarah. In today's episode, we will be discussing some different examples of faded and rejected mates and what these stories can look like across different genres and subgenres. We definitely aren't going to be talking about all of the different Faded Mates books, but wanted to get a good variety of what Faded Mates can look like in different situations. Trigger warning for discussions of grooming, kidnapping, and some dubcon situations. Be warned, this episode may contain spoilers and explicit content that is inappropriate for those under 18. This show is not for children. All right, Sarah. So let's jump into what are faded mates. So if I had to ask you to define it, what would you say faded mates are? So faded mates is the idea that two people, creatures, aliens, aliens, humans, whatever, you can be anything. Uh, We're destined to be together by fate, biology, the stars, a puddle in a cave, whatever (laughs) these people believe in, it has said, hey, this person is your mate. Uh, We see this concept play out in many different ways in many different genres. We did our best this episode to choose a variety of faded mates and tropes and genres to discuss how this trope can look in so many different variations. So there are, like sub tropes almost within the uh the faded mates trope and we kind of see a lot of similar things kind of pop up one of those things is the idea of mate marks so like the idea that you have a mark somewhere on your body that means that you're mated to be with someone else that has that matching mark we also see the idea of soulmates a lot pop up, like the idea that your soul is either half of another person's soul or destined to be bonded with another person's soul. And then we also see the idea of soul bonds. Most of the time, for whatever reason, with soul bonds, they always involve someone being bitten or blood being drawn in some way. Have you noticed that, Sarah? Yeah, I guess like it just needs to be a exchange of fluids to make it official (laughs) i don't know (laughs) listen in the in the books i was just reading uh faded mates books which we're actually not going to get into in this uh episode but i just finished a four book series and it was the only faded mates series that i've ever read where they sealed the faded mate bond by kissing and that was all it was and i was like that seems like very low stakes like you just got to make out for a bit and now you're linked for eternity like I feel like it needs to be a little bit more than that so like you could kiss somebody who wasn't your mate right and it wouldn't change anything yeah I mean then you'd just be like making out with everybody to find out who it was I'd be (laughs) kissing everybody they also had mate marks in this book so it was like so many so many tropes thrown into one um So in this episode, we're going to talk about faded mates and also the concept of rejected mates. So Sarah has kind of come to the realization through our research for this episode that she doesn't really like the rejected mates trope. Sarah, why don't you like it? I fucking hate it, bro. Like, I do not (laughs) like this shit. Like, the only thing that is acceptable in rejected mates is they reject that person and find somebody better. Like, I cannot, Uh like, I just feel like it is the worst thing that you could do to somebody. You are destined 
for this person and you're telling them no, the only time it works, and we've already done episodes on both of these books, so we're not really going to get into it, is when it is in an RH setting because you have the balance. There's usually one dumbass who's rejecting everything, but then you have the cuddly coziness of the others. Mm -hmm. That is the only time I feel like this trope personally works for me, but that's because I am not letting any man treat me like shit. So rejected mate stories either usually end up one of two ways. Either they have like a huge redemption arc and they end up like groveling a ton and getting back together with their faded mate or the characters completely are like, fuck that guy. And then they move on with other partners. I found that I only like rejected mates when they say fuck that guy and move on with another partner. <laughs> like, and, I yeah. I don't want them to forgive them at all. Like, I am such a petty person that I'm just like, absolutely not. Why would you ever forgive someone that did that to you? No, I feel like it is the worst thing you do. And we can, we have read some fucked up bully romances. We have forgiven men for a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> a lot. Like, quickly. We've forgiven them. But rejected mates, there's just something about it that is like, especially when it's like, super rare in the book to have a faded mate or I think the other part too is that it's hard to find rejected mate books because so many of them are shifter and I feel like you really have to be in the mood for a shifter book Uh and I really only like dragon shifters really (laughs) Sarah's a shifter book purist she only wants to read about dragon shifters I mean I'll read other ones but like like when I see like Arctic fox shifters, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I don't want this. Like, I mean, I can get down with some wolves. I just think so many of them are just written so similarly uh, that a lot of times you feel like you're reading the same thing. Yeah, uh, so definitely. It's just that's why I like I don't know dragons. They're really big. Like I don't know. I'm just really into dragons. Sarah said at the end of the day, you have a dragon dick to contend with, and that makes everything better. Exactly. Like, you're the same way. We're like, okay, what dragon book are we going to read next? But we're never like, we're never like, oh, I really want, like, you know what? And I think it's because it's a wolf shifter uh, versus a werewolf shifter. And I just thought of another Faded Mate book that you didn't read, like um, Shifter Wars. Or did you read that? No, I didn't. You didn't. So that was like werewolves. It wasn't. And I I was into it until I wasn't. But they were like faded mates. And her wolf was like, yo, we need to fuck this guy. (laughs) And she was like, no, we're not doing that. But her her wolf really wanted it. So I liked that. I was like, yeah, the she wolf wants it. But rejected mates. I don't know. It's just not for me. And the only books that we really liked it are Pack Darling and, um, the bonds are tie and it's because you have the offsetting of the harem yeah so like sarah just said we've actually covered a lot of faded mates books already on the podcast so i'm just going to give a quick rundown of some of the books that we've already covered uh stalked by the kraken by lillian lark the creature cafe series by cleo evans i think we only did one book of the creature cafe series but that will definitely be something that we'll probably return to at a later time because those books are blowing up way to go cleo um yeah and they're all all of them are mates all of them very cozy kinky monster romance 
a lot of the alien books that were discussed in either of our Alien Smut Summer episodes involve Fated Mates. The Cricket Kendall series by Willow Hadley. The State of Grace series by Colette Rhodes. Pack Darling by Lola Rock. The Bonds That Tie series by Jay Bree. There are some series that include Fated Mates that we haven't talked about yet, but that we're planning on doing future episodes about. So like those series are going to get their own episodes because we really like them and want to get into them a lot more. So that includes a Court of Thorns and Roses, The Ruthless Boys of the Zodiac, and the Kit Davenport series by Tate James. Um, the Ruthless Boys of the Zodiac in particular, and that is also connected to Zodiac Academy because it's the same idea of Faded Mates. I want to do like a whole series about the Solaria books by the sisters and like breaking those down because I am obsessed with that whole universe but I want to wait until the Zodiac Academy series is finished so that I can get Sarah to read all of them and then we'll do like a whole in-depth episode I feel like I'm just gonna be like under the stairs reading (laughs) all of these Zodiac books one after another and my eyes are gonna be bloodshot and I just won't be able to stop the beauty about waiting until the series is finished to read Zodiac Academy is that the absolutely devastating cliffhangers won't leave you like reeling because you have to wait like six more months for a new book. Like when I started the series, I read up until book six and ending book six. Wait, did either book five or book six, but ending that book and just being like devastated because I had to wait like a whole year for the next book to come out is just awful. It's their cliffhangers are on another level of brutality. All right. So we're going to start off by getting into some Faded Mates books. The idea behind this episode is we're just going to give like a quick rundown of some of these books and talk about how they did Faded Mates differently in each one. Um, We're not going to get into like any deep discussion about the books or anything. Just kind of give our general thoughts and discuss how they handled the Faded Mates trope. So first series is the Reborn in Flame series by M. Sinclair. This is an incomplete series with the last book coming out in July. This is a reverse harem where our female main character is a phoenix shifter who is mated to a harem of dragon shifters. Um, It is fated mates who are all drawn to each other. So this is the idea of fated mates of like, you are born fated to be with this person and the universe will like draw you together and you'll be able to seek them out and you'll know them immediately when you come into contact with them. So her harem actually runs into her for the first time in a gas station. And it's only like two members of her harem and they like bump into her in the gas station. And the one guy is immediately like, oh my God, that's our mate. So it's interesting to see that kind of component of faded mates play out where they just immediately recognize each other and how significant they are. And this story is just so sweet. And I was so mad at Sam because she made me read it and then forgot to tell me that it was incomplete. (laughs) And so I was not happy. But this author does such a good job of the men in the harem are just so absolutely devoted Like, they're like, this is my mate. She needs to be cherished. I want to buy her everything. I want to protect her. Um, And in this series, you have to uh, fuck to solidify your mating bond. Mm -hmm. Which, cool. And 
uh, she had uh, some strong Omega vibes, did she not? With, like, her coziness, wanting to nest, and just, like, how she was just, like, always rubbing on her guys. And, the, oh God, the guys were just so good. Like, it's a big harem. How many does she have? Six or seven? I'm, like, counting them in my head. I think with the last guy that gets added, it's seven. Yeah, so she's got a lot of dick to handle, um, and she's she's just doing a good job. And it's I think it's going to be eight at the end of the day with where that last book left us. Uh-huh. Um, all vibes, no thoughts. <laughs> M. Sinclair is just such a great author for, like, if you want a sweet reverse harem where all of the guys are just obsessed with the female main character. Like, every single series I've read by M. Sinclair it is complete devotion from the harem at all times. And it's just nice when you need a break from like the super dark romance where the girl's just being treated like absolute dog shit. And you're just like, I just want a book where she gets treated really nicely. Yeah. They buy her so much stuff. I'm like, how do I, where where do I sign up? (laughs) I'm a Taurus. I I speak in luxury items like uh, dragons. That's why. That's why Sam. I love things, and dragons love things. <laughs> you so want, I love dragons. You want a shifter that has, like, a huge pile of treasure somewhere that they're guarding. Yeah, or, or just a lot of money. Or that. All right, next up, we have the Bargainer series by Laura Thalassa. Uh, Sarah, you want to give us a quick intro about some of the controversy surrounding this series? Yes, so I honestly read this, like, when I first got back into reading, um, so it's been quite a while, uh, and there have been a lot of issues expressed with this book when it comes to grooming and racism. I definitely see the character Temper, who was our female main character's best friend, uh, with the dialogue and personality, there are definitely some issues, and it gives me the ick a little bit. Um, as far as grooming goes, um... I don't know that I fully buy into that. Like, we were all okay mm-hmm. with Edward and Bella being in high school together. Uh, while he does uh, meet her while she is underage and befriends her and takes care of her, he's not teaching her how to be submissive or subservient to her or how to do sexual things. He's just there for her as a friend. And I guess it is creepy because he's older, but, like, he knows that's his mate and she's suffering being a teenager and he wants to make sure that she doesn't suffer. I can understand though why this story might be triggering to someone who is like experienced grooming and how it could like hit some of those trigger points for them. So like obviously take care of yourselves first, read trigger warnings, look into some series before you read them, especially something like this that can kind of teeter on the problematic side. Yeah. And it is fantasy at the end of the day, you know, this isn't a, a contemporary 40-year-old man talking to a 50... It's all science, you know. It's not... It's fiction. (laughs) So this one does Faded Mates a little bit differently. He is a fae king um, who rules over his kingdom. Um, She is a siren. And he knows that he has a faded mate because he actually goes to see a seer. And... And you don't learn about this until you get to, I think, the novella or the last book. I don't remember which. Um, But he goes to see the seer and the seer tells him about his faded mate, which I thought was like an interesting take on faded mates where it's like you get told ahead of time that you're going to have one of them. Uh, And he 
answers her call for help. Basically, he um, is known as the Bargainer, which obviously that's where the title of the series comes from. And he will help others when they ask for it in exchange for like a favor or a trade of some kind. So she calls him in because she killed her stepfather um, and he comes in to clean up the body for her. And when he sees her, he realizes, oh, shit, this is my fated mate. And they end up growing really close she's like constantly asking him for favors because she wants to be near him and he's constantly helping her and at a certain point he there something happens between them and he's like I need to put more distance between us because I'm not comfortable with this and so he disappears for a few years and when he comes back into her life, she holds a lot of resentment for him about him leaving her. And I think that's a very, also very interesting take on Faded Mates where he knew the whole time that they were going to end up together. Um, and it was like torture for him to be apart from her for so long. And to know that like she was out experiencing life and having boyfriends and doing all that kind of stuff. But he did what he felt was best for her and the relationship and that kind of like self-sacrificing part was very interesting to me yeah and there's like a whole plot about how to get her to be part fae to live forever so they can be together i remember enjoying it when i read it but i couldn't tell you much now (laughs) (laughs) the whole thing around like the first two books is uh, people keep disappearing from the different fae kingdoms and they keep coming back in like coffins with evil babies on them. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a little wild. They, it's, it's a very interesting story. So it was again, just a very different take on faded mates, which is why we wanted to talk about it, um, in this episode, but just go in with your eyes open. Yeah. Check your, check your triggers. All right, next up, we have Alien Tyrant by Ursa Dax. Sarah, tell us about Alien Tyrant. Save your fluids, mate, (laughs) is how we now tell Sam to stop crying (laughs) because of this book. Um, (laughs) So, Alien Faded Mates, where their mates are determined by this alien being that lives in like a crazy magic lake when i was picturing this weird thing in my head i can't even describe to you i feel like if you asked anyone who read this book they would picture this being completely differently (laughs) um all of these humans are kidnapped um by the u.s government of course because that happens in all these alien books and we Mm -hmm. cannot trust our government obviously (laughs) and it's all, they of course want materials uh, to be mined from this planet. So they just drop the girls off, but that doesn't happen. The ship wrecks. Um, this planet sucks ass. It's like <laughs> the hottest desert you could imagine. Yeah, so like, they have to have on like this crazy sunscreen and like all of this protective equipment. And the alien is so confused. He's like, my mate is so fragile. Like her skin is burning and she can't be without like. He's yeah. so concerned all the time about how much she's going to be broken by this planet. I would straight up die. I am too pale 
to be living on a desert planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, poor thing gets hurt all the time. He's got, like, this centipede creature that he rides, and, like, her thighs are all bloody, and there's a huge um, communication issue, because they don't speak the same language, um, but they are fated. The, I, I guess you could kind of say it's kind of like their religion. You know, they believe in these beings that are mm-hmm. in this pool, uh, and they show you when you have a faded mate, and that was his. And I haven't read any of the other books, but uh, the other humans that landed there, they all have faded mates too. But the women don't know that they're mates. That's really more so like the alien thing, but the girls can tell that there is a draw uh, to this other person, but, you know, we're human. We don't know about that stuff. I was kind of picturing, like, the giant creature in the lake as, like, the Loch Ness Monster. I was picturing, like, a ethereal, like, flubberesque avatar. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the crazy lake monster, like, takes the aliens into the lake and they get this, like, vision of what their fated mate looks like. And I thought that was so interesting of, like, you are only chosen to see the vision once it's your time. And once you go in, it's, like, this very serious experience. Like, the lake is guarded by these guardians who will only let you in if you're being brought in by the lake monster, like, it's it's a very, like Sarah was saying, like, almost like a religious experience for them. So that was um, the one Alien Faded Mates book that we're going to talk about in this episode. And poor, like, female aliens. What is happening to all of them? They are all just dying. They're always dying. There's always, always a dying. planet that has, like, 98% men and 2% female aliens, and the poor female aliens are just out here trying to survive i'm gonna throw another one out there for you alien folks because this was not on alien smut summer because i just read it and it is uh the alien bride lottery and you are basically drawn in the u.s if your name is called you basically got to go up into this space station and it's like the bachelor uh and you pick different guys but you do have a mate you have multiple people who are a scent match to you and that and from there you choose your true mate uh so it's kind of like a multiple possibilities of who your mate could truly be uh but you do have specific scent matches all i'm hearing is sarah's ideal future (laughs) like all of them are running away from the lottery i'm like why they're all really big. I wouldn't want the yellow one. She says he's like a big banana man. Apparently he gets like a redemption story, but all of the other ones, I, I'm down to it. It's definitely, they're all short too. They're all like, I don't know, 130, 150 pages. So if you just want to turn your mind off for some alien, alien bride lottery. All right. Next up, we have another Faye story. This one is Faye and Human, though, and that is What Lies Beyond the Veil by Harper L. Woods. So the idea behind this story is that there is a veil, a magical veil, that separates the Fae and the humans, and the veil is in place to protect the human world from the Fae. And these humans are kind of, especially our female main character, is really leading a pretty fucking awful life. Um... She's being groomed by the Lord of the Lands, and he kills his wife so that he can marry her. 
And she's like, no, I would literally rather have my throat slit than marry you. (laughs) I did like her in that moment. And he was like trying to call her bluff. Like, no, really, we're going to have to sacrifice you to sustain the magic of the veil. And she's like, no, I'm 100 percent serious. I'm going to ask for this priest to straight up murder me so I don't have to marry you. (laughs) So as she's about to get murdered, there's this like yell, like a scream and a huge boom and the veil just fucking collapses. And suddenly that magical barrier that was protecting them from the magic and the fae is gone. And she immediately realizes that she is fae marked which is an example of the soulmate marks that we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, which means that she is mated to a fae. She has the other half of a fae's like, soul, the other half of them that will allow them to become stronger and will allow her to live forever once they're fully mated. And her and her brother immediately go on the run because these fucking asshole humans are like, we're going to murder every single one of you fae marked. So they have to run. (laughs) They're like some crazy, like, hardcore Puritan, uh, like, ultra-religious. And that was one of the things that really bothered me in this book. Like, she realizes, oh, these thoughts that they had were wrong. But she never thinks, like, the history of the Fae is ever wrong. I'm like, they clearly lied to you about all this stuff. Why wouldn't they lie to you about the Fae? Humans are scared of the Fae. They think they're evil. That was like some real from Blood and Ash and Poppy and Castile vibes where it's like she has to unlearn everything that she's been taught like her whole life about the Fae and the history of how the Fae like terrorized the human race. And just like with our history, there seems to be like some truth and a lot of lies. (laughs) And she kind of has to figure out like what the truth is herself. Um and her and her brother end up getting separated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a polite way to say it. In a, in a matter of speaking. And she ends up with this guy, Calum. And Calum or Callum. I'm assuming it's Calum, but it's C-A-E. I pronounce it as Callum in my head because I like that better. That's fine. Um... She ends up with this guy, uh, Caleb, and he is, like, already protecting her and is, like, there to help her with anything and is, like, fighting off the humans and the fae who are trying to take her back to the fae land. And she's just such a fucking idiot for so much of this book. I texted Sarah at one point and was like, why is every female mind character in these fantasy books so fucking dumb. It drives me insane. She's like, he's so beautiful. I've never seen anyone so beautiful before. He's so big. We just so happen to have the same mark. He's Faye marked too. Uh, we have to work together. Like, no man is that nice. Why would he be nice nice to you? Like, he's giving you water. He's giving you clothes. He's killing motherfuckers for you. He is your mate, Dodo. (sighs) It was was like a struggle at certain points because it was like so obvious, like where the story was going. I did like 
the twist of his like true identity at the end and I won't spoil that for you guys because I do think this book is worth a read and I'm excited to see where the series is going but I was just very fucking frustrated with how clueless she was for the whole book yeah I'm really excited for book two as well because I want to see how it goes and I will tell you the main male character did it for me like his Mm -hmm. dirty talk how he took care of her uh, the way he s- made sure to be in a supportive role and not tell her what to do all of the time, um, I really enjoyed that. But yeah, it was a little bit predictable with wh- the way the plot went, and you were just like, oh my gosh, girlfriend, like, catch up. But other <laughs> than that, I-, I-, I think it's, a I like the world that she created and where it's gonna go. Alright, and our last book for Faded Mates is King of Battle and Blood by Scarlet St. Clair. Sarah, give us the rundown of this story. Vampires. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, it's, you know, same thing, like, old world, like, from Blood and Ash. Um, There's this vampire king, he's just, like, straight up taking over all of these different kingdoms, and our female main character decides, well, he decides, in order to keep peace with this one kingdom, he wants to marry the princess, the daughter. And she's like, all right, I'll make that sacrifice for my people so we don't go to war. Um, they are fated mates, and it's a little confusing exactly how she is his fated mate, mm-hmm. because this it deals with, like, reincarnation, Um And she has some memories of her previous life, but it's still very confusing. There's still a lot of things that we don't know that hopefully we learn in future books. Like, has she been reincarnated multiple times? Or is she being reincarnated now, like, hundreds of years later? Like, 200 years when her original self died? Um... There, you know, it's, it's a smutty vampire book. It goes really quickly off the bat. Like, something is always happening. I never found myself bored, but I found myself with a lot of questions. I do. I think that this was very much like a setup book of, like, setting you up for what's going to happen later on in the series. But I do wish that we had a little bit more information, especially concerning, like, the magic system. Like, I found myself very confused as I was reading about, like, the different types of witches and, like, what certain witches could do and others couldn't and how, like, are all the witches gone or do sh- does she just think all the witches are gone? And it it was very confusing, like, how the vampires were connected to the witches in terms of, like, their creation. There, there was a lot going on that I had questions about as I was reading, and I'm hoping those questions will be answered later on. But it did make for a little bit of a confusing reading experience. Yeah, but of course, Scarlet King Player is very great at writing men. Uh, like, I keep going back to A Touch of Darkness because I'm obsessed with Hades. Like, I'm going to see that series through because that's my man. <laughs> uh, and she did a really good job with Adrian, I felt like, too. And, and I like the female main character, too. She's really strong. She sticks up for herself. She does a lot of thinking and investigating. She's not just... I mean, you know, every now and then she's doing something that's a little dumb. But for the most part, she's not out there just doing dumb shit to do dumb shit. All right. Now, we also wanted to include some Faded Mate uh, fan fiction. Because there's some good... Uh, 
takes on faded mates in different fan fiction communities. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast and you know me and how I have infected Sarah, you know that these fan fictions are going to be Dramione. So the first fan fiction we're going to talk about is Love and Other Misfortunes by Senlin Yu. This is a Vila Draco fanfic, one of my favorite tropes. Um, I love a good Vila Draco moment, and I love a Vila Draco moment when Hermione is his faded mate. So in this universe, Vila have faded mates that they have to bond with or the Vila dies. And Draco in this universe is like, I don't deserve Hermione as a faded mate. And if I tell her that she's my faded mate, her and her nature, she will just do it because she feels like she has to. But I don't want her to feel like she has to bond with me to save my life. I want like he wants a bond with a mate who genuinely wants him. So he has already made all of the decisions for both of them without consulting her at all. And it's just like, yeah, I'm just going to die. <laughs> I don't even want to talk to her about this. And he stalks her everywhere because he just is like obsessed with taking care of her and making sure that she's okay. And he is just such a fucking idiot. And I love them both so much in this fan fiction. Uh, they're, uh, they're working on the werewolf uh, policy in this one, aren't they? Yes. I mean, they usually are. That's what they're always working on, I feel like, <laughs> is the werewolf policy. Uh, but anyway, uh, he, like, makes it his mission to get this passed. He's like, as soon as I get this passed, I can die. Hermione winds up finding out, and he winds up obliviating her to forget it all. And I wanted to punch him in the face when he did that. I was like, Draco... Stop making decisions for everybody. And all of his friends and his mom were so upset. And he made his friends go into uh, unbreakable vows uh, to not tell Hermione that he is her mate. So you kind of see, like, Blaze, Theo, and Pansy all doing the littlest details that they can do to kind of help push Hermione into figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Um... And Hermione has had a little bit of a crush on him. And after she's obliviated, she kind of figures it out. And she's drawn to him. And drama ensues. And Pansy, of course, reigns supreme. Because when does she not? I mean, she went, a, <laughs> she went a little crazy with how she made Draco choose to save Hermione and make him her mate. Uh, but I... I, I really enjoyed this fic, and I thought the, the mates were done really well here. So the other fan fiction we wanted to talk about was The Creature You Know by In Dreams. This is another Draco Vila faded mate fic, but there is a twist of Hermione dealing with her own crazy bullshit throughout this whole fanfic. Sarah, tell us about this. All right. I'm going to start this off by saying that I think this riddle is the stupidest shit ever, <laughs> but I really, really enjoyed this fan fiction. Like, if you want to read a fan fiction of, I would call it like a medium burn or of like a slow burn, there's not a lot of smut in this, but I liked it because Hermione, she went to go fix her parents' memories, and in the process, she had, she's cursed. Basically, she has to be a lion, <laughs> and the curse is something like you need to be humble, and 
I don't know, some bullshit. It was the dumbest shit anyway. But she's a lion. She has two years uh, so she can resolve this curse and then she can go back to normal or so, or so she thinks. And Draco, when she is in the human form for Harry and Luna's wedding, which I like that, uh, Draco senses her, finds her, and she's like, I want to help you. I, I would be your mate, but I have this curse, and I don't want to be a lion forever. And, of course, Draco is like, oh, poor little Hermione. I can't, I can't do that to her. We've got to try and break this curse, and then she can be my mate. And it's just kind of a them off doing everything they can to try and break this curse um, so that they can be together and you can just feel the tension and there's a lot of cute moments between them and he just wants her so bad and she wants him so bad too. Um, and at one point I, she's just kind of like, fuck it. <laughs> like, I gotta <laughs> save Draco now. It, it is really a story about them trying to save each other and it is... It's a very unique take on Faded Mates where usually with like the Vila mate trope, you have either Hermione saving Draco or Draco saving Hermione. But here you kind of get a balancing of the scales where they're both in like a fucked up situation and they're using one another to help cope with it and also helping each other to get through it. Also, Theo is a vampire in this one. I did love that. I loved that so much. I did. Like, God, Draco is such a good friend to his friends that he cares about. He might be an asshole to everybody else, but, like, in these fan fictions, like, Theo, Blaze, Pansy, they're his ride or dies. Fanon Draco is, like, so good and so, like, well thought out. Like, and... The best thing about fan fictions on AO3 and, like, within the Germione community is it's, like, everyone has agreed on these headcanons of, like, here are the things you need to know about Draco in fan fiction. His best friends are Theo and Blaze, and Pansy's there, too. He is... He's always, like, obsessed with Hermione, but he hates that he's obsessed with her. Like, it's... I love the ongoing tropes that make their way into each and every story and how different they can look depending on the context. And everyone has decided that Draco is tall as fuck. Like, he uh -huh. had a growth spurt. Like, Draco's tall at AF. And <laughs> we love tall Draco. And we, we love, love giant Draco. Draco. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I did a Severus... Hermione and it just did not hit I also did a pansy in Hermione and that did not hit as hard either so I'm trying to convince Sarah to read the dead of time next because I feel like she needs that uh, experience yeah it's so long it's like the bible <laughs> long <laughs> listen you did manacled you can do the dead of time I believe in you isn't the dead of time like twice the length of manacled? Oh no, that's measure of a man. Measure of a man is literally the length of the Bible. It's like seven hundred something thousand words. Yeah, measure of a man is long as fuck. I actually have that downloaded. Uh, that I think is going to be like my next big fan fiction read. But we shall see. That's long, man. <laughs> All right, now we're going to get into some of the rejected mate stories. So starting off strong with Shadow Bee Shifters by Jamin Eve. I loved this series so much. 
Jamin Eve has like such a way of writing very lovable female main characters who are also like straight up fucking hilarious. Like, I feel like writing a good female main character who is actually legitimately funny is a very difficult thing to do where like some writers really go over the top with the humor to the point where it's like cringy and some like it doesn't hit the exact right tone but there were several moments in shadow bee shifters where i was genuinely laughing like a crazy person out loud alone in my house because i found (laughs) the female main character to be very very funny um so in this story we have a female main character who has just been treated horribly by her pack uh she is a wolf shifter she finds out that she has faded mates uh with the alpha in training who immediately rejects her he's like fuck no i don't want to be with like the pack outcast and her wolf is so hurt by this rejection that she is like howling and her howl opens up like a temporary portal to the shadow realm and when that happens (laughs) the shadow beast who is one of my absolute favorite characters uh comes and is like what the fuck did you do like you fucked everything up you released all of these shadow creatures you have to fix this you got to put them back and so he comes and basically like grabs her from her pack and takes her to his like realm and the story really kicks off from there and it's kind of like all gas no breaks for like all three books there's not a time when it like really slows down and it is definitely a slow burn story her and Shadow Beast really take a while to like connect with each other because Shadow Beast is very much the like withdrawn, grumpy, like it's very much a grumpy sunshine while he is like dealing with a lot of things in his life. But then once he decides that he's like all in on her, like there's no turning back from that. Uh, and there's like some bumps along the road. It is a three book series, but I absolutely adored it. Um, her and the shadow beast end up being faded mates of a different kind. And I just thought that was such a great take on both faded mates and rejected mates because first of all, fuck her initial mate. Like he was the fucking worst and she ends up getting revenge on him and it's great. And I loved it so much. Like it was exactly my level of pettiness and the way that her and the shadow beast are connected is such a very interesting like folklore surrounding it. And you get a lot of good backstory and like explanation of the realms and how they're interconnected and all that kind of stuff. And then that sets you up for the spinoff series. So there's two additional books that are a part of this universe that follow two different couples that you meet in these first three books. And I just really like what Jamin Eve is doing with this universe and I really enjoyed like the journey that these books set me on. I loved the characters. It was just a very enjoyable read. I did not read it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the last story we're going to talk about is May Fortune by Elizabeth Deer. Um, I realized while reading this book that my ideal rejected mate stories are when they just never get back together with their fated mate. And I feel like Elizabeth Deere did that very well here where you were kind of like, oh, God, is she going to like be forced to get with him? Like he's fucking awful. He says like the shittiest stuff to her and she's just treated so badly. And I was so happy with the way that the story turned out. 
I also just really like Maeve as a female main character and her relationship with her brother and her family. And I love a good I'm so much more powerful than you think I am trope where Maeve and her family have a lot of power that they're hiding from the rest of the pack. And they all like severely underestimate her. And she has like this great fight where everyone finds out how powerful she is. And it was like a very soothing moment of like, oh, thank God she gets to like beat up some rude bitches. Like that's exactly what I need in my life. I did really enjoy that scene, like these girls in high school picking on her and they were trying to gang up on her to fight and she just like whooped their ass. This one was a hard one for me. I texted Sam multiple times and I was like, she's not going to get with him, is she? She's (laughs) not going to get with him, is she? And I inevitably did decide to DNF this. It just made me realize that MF rejected me just isn't for me. I just, I just wasn't interested in it. I thought the writing was fine. And and like Sam said, Maeve is great and her relationships with her family are great. It just read like a little bit too young for me. Um, that just kind of pulled me out of it. I really enjoyed the relationships with her family and her best friend. I felt like Elizabeth Deer did a good job of, like, walking the line of making sure that Maeve wasn't the, uh, like, I'm not like other girls stereotype that would have been, like, really grating. I liked the way that she, like, made sure that she wasn't trying to, like, other herself. I feel like, in all, I enjoyed the relationships between the characters a lot in this book. I feel like that's something that Elizabeth Deer does very well, is writing likable characters that have great interactions with each other. Yeah, and you read a lot more Academy than I do. Uh, also true, yes. So, like, I'm just not used to it. So it just it just wasn't for me. And I was just like, oh, I just hate this guy. And he's just being so mean. <laughs> I know she ends up with somebody else. I honestly was more interested in her brother because he kept, like, getting into, like, fights and, like, pushing this other guy around. And they were giving each other glares. And I was like, mm. And that's book two in the series. So that's, like, a good enemies <laughs> to lovers trope right there. Um, so overall, I feel like Faded Mates, when done well, is like a really great trope of like, you know, kind of what you're getting. You can look for like that nice cozy romance where everything's going to wind up just right. But then sometimes an author throws you a curveball of something you didn't expect. And I feel like we did a good job in this episode of kind of running the gamut of all the different ways that Faded Mates can look in uh, fantasy books and paranormal books. Um, I'm very much looking forward to doing some of those episodes that I talked about at the beginning, especially the Solaria episode around Zodiac Academy and Ruthless Boys of the Zodiac, because my God, do I love Elise and her harem so much. And all I want to do is talk about Leon and Gabriel and Dante and Ryder and how much Like, they're so fucking funny, and they're just my favorite. But don't get me started right now. I am very much looking forward to doing that episode. I gotta get to reading. Yeah, I found, like, I love Faded Beats. The idea of a Faded Me to me, I love it. I don't care that, you know, sometimes it's instant. It can have an insta-love feel to it, but I personally enjoy that. I know it's not everybody's jam, but I absolutely love it. And I just found out, like, the rejected fame mates trope just isn't for me because I love faded mates so much. Um, and I'm just not in my shifter era right now. (laughs) 
Sarah and I are very much mood readers where we need to be like in the right headspace to appreciate something. So yeah, I feel, like- I, I feel like that was my issue with Maeve because like I had to read it for the episode and I wasn't in the mood <laughs> to, to read it. And I, I was just like, I was like, Sam, can you just tell me the rest of what happens? <laughs> so I think that that was my issue with that one. But um, and I just uh, he was so mean. He was. They were not in like a her. good way. Like there's a good way to be mean. And it was not that way. <laughs> All right, let's get into what we've been reading. Uh, I recently read the Seraph Black series by Jane Washington, which is a reverse harem paranormal romance. Uh, I also read The Vicious Lost Boys by Nikki St. Crow, and I really enjoyed that. That's a Peter Pan and the Lost Boys dark reverse harem romance retelling, and it's like it's two out of the three books are out so far. The cliffhanger that book two ended on had me very excited for book three to see where it goes. I just like how Nikki St. Crow writes her dark characters and how she's like unapologetic with how dark they actually are. Um, and I really enjoyed the female main character of um, in that story as well. I also read Eyes on Me by Sarah Kate, which was whew, the smut in that book was a whole other level. Um, I've also really been enjoying all of Lily Gold's contemporary reverse harems. They they're just so sweet. And I love all of the interactions between the characters. And the smut is fantastic, too. They're a nice brain break book and finally luxuria by colette rhodes monster romance so incredible highly recommend it it is just so well written i loved the characters so much and i'm so excited to see where she goes with that universe sarah what have you been reading so right now i am reading society of psychos by uh, carolyn and suzanne and it is a wild ride (laughs) if you like your characters nuts and i mean nuts i uh, Cute But Psycho by Beatrix Allo is one of my favorite books, and I think that these people might be crazier. Uh, I also read Eyes on Me by Sarah Kate. Uh, I loved it a lot, and I would highly recommend it. I've never wanted a stepbrother until that book. Um, I read All of the Wrong Things by Loves Bitka, and The Auction is on my list. I need to be in the mood for that, because I know it's going to, like, wreck me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read Beauty and the Baller by uh, Issa Madden Mills. This also has audio on KU um, included in your subscription, and it's really good audio. So I recommend it if you're looking for an audiobook. Um, as far as my TBR goes, I would finally like to read Hook, Line, and Sinker by Tessa Bailey. I feel like that's been on my list on these episodes for like the last four episodes. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> it's because I bought it in paperback, and I'm like, ugh, why'd I do that? I don't know why I do that. Uh, a hockey romance of some sort. I can definitely feel another Germione moment coming on. Um, and I would just like to give a shout out to anyone who has read or supported Omega's Obsession. It was a great release and I could not be more grateful for you. I do want to give a shout out to Sarah for what a fantastic release Omega's Obsession was. What did you hit in the Kindle store? Let's do a brag moment. All right, I was number one in bisexual romance for the whole week. I'm still uh, number one in bisexual romance in new releases. I have had over 600 reviews on Amazon and over a million pages read. So, I mean, it was like an unreal release. It was so good. We're so proud of you. Yay me. (laughs) 
All right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Smut and Spice. Please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We would love you forever if you did. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Smut and Spice Pod. We also now have a Facebook page for the Smut and Spice Podcast. So if you're on Facebook, we would love it if you could give us a like there as well. The intro and outro music featured on Smut and Spice is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. The link and licensing information can be found in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening.